According to OECD estimates, more than 1 billion jobs are likely to be transformed by technology in the next decade. Here at Things Have Changed, we've talked a lot about the jobs of the future. Check out our last conversation with Dr. Seth Benzel about the future of work. By just 2022, the World Economic Forum estimates 133 million new jobs in major economies will be created to meet demands for the fourth industrial revolution. Earlier in the year, the World Economic Forum held Davos, which is an economic conference that puts together world leaders to discuss the state of the world. Throughout the conference, one thing was clear. That capitalism as we know it is dead. That was Mark Benioff, CEO and founder of Salesforce. Earlier this year, he and some world leaders got together in Davos for a segment called the Reskilling Revolution. He begins his speech by condemning the form of capitalism that we know and suggesting something called stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholder capitalism is a shift in a company's focus from just shareholders to stakeholders, basically pushing for a more inclusive type of capitalism. But what does this have to do with reskilling? Within stakeholder capitalism, Mark identifies the global workforce as one of the most important stakeholders. The panel argues that the world needs to focus on reskilling the workforce to meet the current demand of jobs in the economy. Here's Mark's call to action for the other business leaders that will perform in the stakeholder capitalism approach. If you are attending this conference, you need to commit to job training. If you're attending this conference, you need to commit to reskilling. Before we start the episode, here's Managing Director of World Economic Forum and someone who spent a lot of time researching and convincing our colleagues of the importance of reskilling, Saadia Zahidi. Um, I'll just say a couple of words. Skills are the main currency of the labor market. And I think you've just heard from every single panelist that we need to make that labor market and the education system work better together by focusing on skills. That's how we're going to get there. And we have to ensure that not only is there a broader base of skills, but that we're able to specialize, create agility in that system. And that's what this initiative will really try to do. All of the experiments that are happening in different countries, we need to learn from that much, much faster. And that's what the reskilling revolution platform is dedicated to. An engineer, banker, and dancer go on a hike. They realize how things have changed and start a podcast. Hi, I'm Jed, the banker. I'm Shikhar, the engineer. And I'm Adrian, the dancer. And we are THC. We break down topics, meet pioneers, and share ideas. Welcome to Things Have Changed. When was the last time you guys went to the airport? Um, really recently, I think. I was uh, coming from California. Two days ago for me. <laughs> You guys have to be social distancing a bit more. <laughs> yes. This is uh, this was a trick question. It leads to the conversation, but I work, probably I work safe. 
I was wearing N95, okay? Okay, okay. Yeah. So how did you check in? Now it's all online, I think. Everything online. checking in is online. I yeah. didn't have to check any baggage, you know. Had to just go through, through security, get my get my brown tax of time, you know, get checked out, get pocketed down, you know, people checking me out and shit like that. <laughs> That's it. They see the color of your skin and they're like, hang on. Second, they see me. That's why I try to wear glasses sometimes. So, you know, so people are like, oh, okay. This guy he's looks kind of smart. Yeah, he's kind of educated. He's Otherwise, edgy, come but in, educated. <laughs> edgy, but educated. But I try to come in really, you know, because when I come in, I come in with chains and shit, you know. Yeah. Just my tank top. Oh, yeah. It's fine. But yeah, I mean, we are old enough to see what it was and what it has become now. You just see so many more self-checkout kiosks now in the airport. People are right there. And you don't see as many uh, service employees, the folks that will actually, you know, hand you your checking, um, your tags, yeah. your, you know, receipt, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's that that pretty much some dude or some person is there. Just, just one person lot. helping you out. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same, same story with like grocery stores. Yeah. I mean, post-COVID, I have always used the self-checkout. Super simple. Yeah. Right? So there are some repetitive tasks, some jobs that require repetitive tasks that are probably not going to come back. Right? And that kind of leads us into our discussion we had um dr seth benzel who's um a huge advocate of the space of automation and what its impact is on the workplace and that discussion led to okay what do we do we can't have so many people being impacted by automation right there's um there's there are multiple reports the biggest one is like the McKinsey Global Institute, which said like, hey, like almost 14% of the workforce would need to switch to another job because they will be impacted by digitization, right? So what is the alternative here? It's not, they're not going to hire as much. So say in the 2000s, if you had 15 people at United Checkout, right? United, I'm, I'm dropping your name. Just yeah. please send some credits to your points. <laughs> yeah. Did you know you want points from United? Bro, what, I, the I, what the hell? I'll talk shit right here on this show. Guys, no. This guy's throwing shit at us for traveling, and now he wants free points, okay? You don't get it all, Shaker. <laughs> yeah. So if they had like 10 to 15 back then helping all the people that need to travel, service employees loading the bags on the conveyor belt. Now they need like five, right? So that itself is a significant, like one third of what they needed is what they need right now. So I think the the angle is like, there will still be those jobs. It's not like everything will be automated. Like we cannot automate Adrian's dog, Roxy from this call. Uh, we could with the Boston Dynamics, um, dog slash uh, terminator but... isn't a dog it's not the <laughs> same will kill you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like like you're saying there's this like rebalance in supply and demand of different types of jobs in different areas and we're seeing that already happen in the airline industry we're seeing it happen in schooling um with everything going online now we have less need for uh 
for, I guess, like teachers or people that are maintaining and kind of supervising kids. And now they are all online. And so they're having to invest into uh, curriculum creators and online uh, education uh, curators and people that really can uh, find the best way to implement uh, online e-education for kids because it's it's not easy. <laughs> it's it's a really big challenge to get eight year old to focus on a computer screen all day on topics that they might not be as interested in as they would be running around on the playground. So it's we're seeing this rebalance in yeah. uh, some jobs needing to uh, be uh, kind of compressed and uh, the the working market to be uh, minimized because of the repetition and uh, basically companies are having to adapt because of the bottom line. They can't afford to keep all these employees and there isn't a need for them because there's alternatives in uh, creating a more distanced digitized economy. Let's take a real world example of what we've been seeing. I mean, COVID has been a big disruptor. Let's take Scandinavian airlines, for example. Due to COVID and the whole economy shutting down, they had to temporarily lay off 90% of its flight attendants. But because of the shortage of healthcare workers in the hospitals to battle the pandemic, they were able to, like using their resources and government help on this, they were able to reskill those cabin attendants into healthcare nurses. I mean, if you see the skills required is definitely different, but still providing care and and comfort, um, but in a hospital setting. And to add, they're really strategic about it. I mean, yeah, they had to find a way to, um, to basically transfer these employees into another uh, job. But there was some overlap because they do have to have basic CPR, medical emergency training. So they did already understand uh, some skills in like the uh, treating uh, patients. If there was an emergency, you know, like how to go about uh, doing CPR or maybe there's uh, they had a wound, how to treat it or, you know, initially uh, prevent any further damage to someone. And uh, so there was already some overlap. And so that allowed them to really uh, capitalize and take advantage of them already having a good basic amount of skills in medical treatment. And then so that opened up nurses and doctors to be able to focus more on the uh, patients that needed more attention, while these retrained, reskilled employees can allow them to basically uh, scale more and treat bigger volumes of patients. Right. So, I mean, this phenomenon that we're talking about with uh, Scandinavian Airlines is something called reskilling, right? It's been around for for kind of a while, and, and it's kind of similar to upskilling as well, right? With the most simple form you can think about for upskilling, let's say you just mentioned it earlier, CPR training. I didn't have CPR training. They acquired it. So, every employee that comes in has to have CPR training. That's the most basic level you can think about for upskilling. Right, giving some basic skills, even moving through management. Right, upskilling can be leadership skills. They can give you, you know, some classes on Six Sigma to um, get ready for management. So 
upskilling, you're just adding, you know, additional skills to enhance your abilities in your same industry. Reskilling is something more like the Scandinavian airline uh, phenomenon where you'd have to train them on a different set of skills, yeah, repurposing. Right? repurposing them for another part of the need of, of your company. Right. We have huge companies investing in reskilling their employees because they realize the long term value of training their employees for something that they need and keeping those same people. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Because uh, as private companies, you uh, they are probably more uh, in tune with what's going to happen to the economy, right? They know what's going to come, how many people they are hiring less for a certain position that's probably being automated, right? So they know, they can sense it, they see it, and they do not. But they want to. I mean, hiring processes is is hard. So if you've already hired an employee. Maybe they are interested in, you know, learning a different set of skills and you can keep them in your payroll. Yeah, I think, Jed, you're saying that these companies are seeing the value in it long term. I think, yes, that's a very valid case. <laughs> but also a lot of these companies are just forced into it because of COVID. And, and they're forced into, into the circumstance that is out of their control and they, they're just trying to survive. They're just trying to address all these issues, trying to keep stay afloat. Um, they're having to cut costs, lay off 90% of their workforce, uh, like Scandinavian airlines. And so they're really being forced into it. So COVID is definitely a big accelerator into this reskilling and upskilling trend that you're going to, we're going to start seeing in these companies, uh, address. And another one is Google. They're starting to invest into a training program that is basically, uh, like a six month program, I think, and it's all online and it's, you know, they've already taken back the requirements for having like a high school diploma or a college diploma. And they're looking more into these skills that students can get from just literally learning online on the, on their own. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're seeing these, this huge pivot in how companies are, uh, creating these programs, how they're hiring uh, employees. And now we're seeing this uh, upskilling and reskilling happen in all different industries. And it's going to continue to happen, uh, especially with COVID around. I've always tried upskilling with stuff like Coursera, Udacity, you know, something called MOOCs, right? Massive online open courseware. And these types of things are, you know, private companies we're talking about creating these programs is not just Google, just a shit ton of companies are working with, with um, Coursera, for example, where they have certifications that, okay, this person has taken a six month online course to learn whatever software that they need, you know, um, the language that they use at this company for uh, coding. Um, it's very easy now. It's easily accessible. And the value prop for higher education kind of becomes questioned at yeah. this point, right? Because now we're upscaling slash reskilling a part of the economy that uh, to fill the, the demand for the skills that are coming out so fast because tech is moving so fast. Um, and, you know, it's, I think this change is pushing companies to be more thoughtful about keeping employees, number one, but also it, it's, uh, it's forcing, um, forcing the people us to think about education in a very very different way yeah right i mean it's so expensive right so say you're interested in getting new skills what do you have to do right now you have to go to a university and get like pay huge amounts of tuition 
to get those skills and you're not guaranteed a job. Right. Now, one example of these Google certificates, it's like, I don't know, anywhere between 60 to like $300. And they are teaching you stuff that they need. So you learn about like network protocols, IT stuff, encryption, troubleshooting, that sort of thing, which they need right away. So your skills that you learn will be put in use by, you know, the Googles, the Amazons and that sort of thing. Like it's gotten to a point that there are community colleges that are using Google certifications to train their students. Yeah. Right. So the whole angle of, oh, I have to go to university, get, you know, these many credits, uh, it, it's it's being disrupted right now. Dude, in, investment banking, consulting, you know, these kind of industries where, what do you study in school to become an investment banker? Finance? Half those people have different different studies, dude. Engineers, yeah. you got nuclear engineers, you yeah, got yeah. philosophy majors, history majors, art majors, you know what I mean? Going into investment banking. Yeah. They have a massive reskilling program when you come in because what they do is they just make sure you're smart and then you come in, you take their training Dude, program for yeah. two months and Absolutely. you're stuck there. You learn how to make comps. Like yeah. the biggest, like uh, all these consulting companies, they go like, I have a friend who did a PhD in yeah. genetics and stuff. Like and Levi's? now he's in oh, BCG. Okay, okay, okay. BCG as a consultant, right? Okay. So at some point, they're just looking at smart people and they're going to reskill them. You're starting to question... Well, shit, should I go to a four-year university? They did that shit in two months. I became an investment banker. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> you could probably do that with other things too. Right now as well, you know, as we were talking about earlier, COVID has kind of accelerated this trend, right? Um, it's not just companies. It's also schools, universities that are trying to get online like really rapidly mm -hmm. trying to create programs that you can all do online. Um, recently, we had a guest on the show, Mehek Vorha, that uh, created a company called on Delta. And that's also a massive reskilling platform, right? Because they teach you how to become growth marketers, right? So, which is so important in this new economy where you exactly. want to scale yeah. your community. Scale what do you your take? Growth. Yeah. What do you take in university right now yeah. to become a growth marketer? <laughs> Nothing, dude. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. What, yeah. How, do, how do you learn how to utilize social media when school is just like, you know, get off social media and get in the books? <laughs> somebody that we're seeing on the news a lot lately that is going against the trend of massive layoffs in certain industries. One company that's completely doing the opposite is Amazon, right? Um, Amazon has been hiring like crazy, right? Recently, a couple of days ago, last week, we announced that, something, right? yeah, hiring a hundred K employees for quote unquote in demand jobs, right? So Amazon employs what? 700,000 employees already across the world, 700, 800,000 right? And they're about to hire 100,000 more fucking people. You know, the programs that they're going to invest in, Amazon, is putting in $700 million to reskilling. Yeah, That's how serious companies are now on reskilling. Yeah. Right? And when you look at it, how much does it cost to hire 100,000 people? Hiring is such an expensive process. You have to pay the recruiters, post the job. It's a mess and you need to find the right candidate. Now, if you're able to reskill within your existing workforce, you see so many examples of like folks in fulfillment centers doing courses on like cloud computing and stuff. I mean, it sounds like a big leap, 
but they're not learning A to Z of cloud computing and IT and networks. Mm-hmm. They're learning a very specific um, exactly. number of skills in it. And then they can obviously grow. Yeah. Which I think is dope. I mean, you know, some of the programs that they outlined and Amazon, for example, you know, their four biggest uh, programs for reskilling, right? We can talk about Amazon Technical Academy, for example. Amazon Technical Academy, if you're a non-technical employee, for example, somebody who's been working the sort centers or something like that, you can apply to basically get trained to become a software engineer, dude. A software engineer, right? So let that sink in. It's a huge task to train somebody already in university to become a software engineer. And there's this massive demand for software engineers. So what did Amazon do? They just had to create their own fucking program to train anybody to become a software engineer. And while doing that, it will be directed towards, you know, like he was mentioning, a specific need of the company. Hmm. So the value you're having there is like, that's a no brainer for you, right? Because you're trying to get upskilled. You're trying... If you're trying to make more money or something like that, or try to get into a new industry, now Amazon's giving you the opportunity to do that. Associate to tech. Literally, that is a program that Amazon have. World Economic Forum found that the cost of reskilling is about 24K per person in the US. Of course, this is going to range, but just just an idea, 24,000 to reskill someone. And it can cost as much as six times that amount to hire someone outside of the team. So it, it just... You know, it makes sense. It's it's in the company's own interest to be reskilling and upskilling employees from within. Yeah, it, it's kind of nuts. So, just for you, you know, in the companies that you've worked in, you two, how many times has an employee been replaced, and all that legacy knowledge just goes away like that? You don't have access to that person again. It would be hard for you to reach out if they're not in the company anymore. And then yeah. you try to get some information like that. So there is some value in keeping an employee, of course, for a lot of purposes, right? The know-how, the, yeah. the fit, there's, there's so much that, you know, goes into. For example, like process. I'm thinking of a company like Workday, right? They have their own, literally they have their own language um, for the software that they make, right? So when they lose an employee, they got to train another employee how to use that language. Yeah, it's pretty similar. If you're a software engineer, you can probably learn the language uh, quickly, right? But the the point is they have to train every new person to do that shit again. If you're already used to that, that would be a net positive for the company for you to stay, right? So Within our, our own government, there was uh, some kind of a code that they used that was like outdated. They used it in the 90s. And at some point, what they had to do, because they didn't have anyone that knew how to fix uh, the code, they had to hire people that were 67, 68 years old that were retired, pay them fat amounts of money because they have to give them an incentive to come back in and fix the code rather than changing the whole code that they're using. It's so, so like... Just on that, like, I'll give you a real world world example that I see at work, right? Uh, I'm not going to name any of the vendors but like the systems that you need to build chips are so complicated it takes two and a half to three years for someone who doesn't know anything to know enough to install the tool that's how long it takes two and a half to three years of training like before covid the unemployment rate was like like two percent or something they could not find people to fill those slots so what they were doing, they were 
reaching out to their retired employees and saying, hey, we're going to give you 1.5x, 2x, 2x what you used to get paid to come out and work for us for six months to help us ramp, and then you can go back. 2x for six months. So training internally is so critical because you are, you got to really learn from the folks that have been doing this from time to time. So yeah, I mean, in, uh, we were just speaking about just the disruptions that are taking place in the workplace, in education, and reskilling is a great way for people to avoid the traps of the old economy. And we're going to have a bunch of links in our bio for this episode for places where you can actually go learn new skills and maybe compete in this new economy. Uh, things are changing so fast. We are called things have changed. So it would be best if we give you the tools and give you the information to kind of live a better life in the future. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Things Have Changed. We wanted to update you about the Forward Conference by LSX. The conference has been moved to November 12th. It'll still be online, but still the same amazing people. As we continue to try to introduce you to our community, here's Vlad. Hey, I'm Vlad. I'm from Belarus. Things Have Changed is an amazing podcast. They talk about economics, investing, business. I try to fill my free time by listening to their podcast on Spotify. You can catch them releasing new content each Monday. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show this week. You could subscribe to us. And if you're feeling generous, well, you could even leave us a review. Trust me, it goes a long, long way. You could also follow THC at THC underscore pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is things have changed.